everyone, and welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, which is part of the Edge Sports family. It's Thursday leading into week three, so I'll have my best and worst matchup choices for the week based on my venue, weather, and defensive matchup research. And I'll point out that even though this week looks really nice in terms of temperature and sunny, there's only one potential chance of precipitation on the forecast right now. Keep an eye out for wind this weekend. It's actually going to play a really big factor in a number of cities. And I'll get into that individually when I look at some of the players, starting with quarterbacks. My favorite quarterback matchups for the week start with Dak Prescott, then Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, and Jacoby Brissett. For Dak Prescott, Prescott draws the Dolphins this week. Obviously, they've been pretty bad so far this season. Number 32 ranked DVOA pass defense, and it's probably now worse now that they traded Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers for a future draft pick. Prescott has been exceptional this season, 82.3% completion rate with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. That's 13.2% more than expected on his throws based on next-gen stats. So he's just looked tremendous. Obviously, he loses Michael Gallup this week, but I think other guys like Randall Cobb and Devin Smith can step up and actually be useful for you in fantasy. So Prescott should probably have a great week against a Dolphins team that increases passing yards per attempt by 20% and touchdowns per attempt by 70%. He's my number one quarterback for the week. Not far behind, we have Tom Brady, who took advantage of those Dolphins previously and now draws a Jets team that is working with their third-string quarterback in Luke Falk. The Jets, unlike a lot of bad teams, actually increased their opponent's pass plays by 5%, and they more substantially boost their passing yards per attempt and touchdowns per attempt by 16 and 35%. So Brady should be another nice start this week uh, in Week 3. Josh Allen, he's actually threatening my true talent top 10 at the position. He's just such an effective player on the ground that it buoys his fantasy success. He should have a really nice defensive matchup this week against the Bengals, the number 29 pass defense and number 31 run defense by DVOA through two weeks. Something to keep an eye on here in Buffalo is that the forecasted winds are going to hit 12 miles per hour. I think that might hurt Allen with his deep connection with wide receiver John Brown, who's really been heavily targeted and is obviously the number one guy traditionally a very deep average depth of target receiver, but Allen gets so much of his production on the ground, 10 rushing touchdowns and 13 career starts, and the Bengals increase rushing yards per attempt by 14% and touchdowns per attempt by 23%. So I think with Allen, you're probably betting on the rushing success for his fantasy value this week, and I think I'll have a nice week. With Kirk Cousins, you know, a couple of weeks ago at home against the Falcons, he didn't have a lot of passing attempts. They really just rode Dalvin Cook to an easy victory there. And I think against the Raiders in Minnesota this week, that's a risk. But that said, I'm I'm pretty optimistic for Cousins' fantasy success. Even though the Raiders cut pass plays by 12%, they increased passing yards per attempt by 20% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 75%. Those are both the most in football. So I think Cousins, he may not get up to 30 pass attempts for the game, but if he throws a couple of passing touchdowns, I think you'll be happy that you started him in your shallow formats. And then with Jacoby Brissett, In 2017, when he was the starter of the year that Andrew Luck missed with an injury, he had two more fantasy points per game at home than on the road. I'm not fully sure I trust those splits, but most quarterbacks that have their home in a dome like Brissett does in Indianapolis have those more extreme home and road splits. So I'm I'm willing to use Brissett this week against the Falcons. Now, the Falcons are the number nine DVOA pass defense through two weeks, but I don't fully buy that, and I'll get into that a little bit more later, but I think that Brissett is enjoying a plus defensive matchup Plus, being at home, that makes him a top 12 guy for me this week at the position. Now, there are a number of quarterbacks that are going to get hurt more than, than, I would think, more than Josh Allen this week because of the wind. 
Their moderate to heavy wind forecast in Buffalo, in Jacksonville, in Green Bay, and in Cleveland. So that's four teams or eight teams potentially being affected. Marcus Mariota is one of those. Um, His Tennessee Titans are headed down to Jacksonville. He's my number 31 ranked quarterback this week. It's obviously a guy that you're not using that much anyway, but the the pass, I mean, the the heavy wins are going to be a factor for him. Plus the Jaguars defense bounced back nicely from the Patrick Mahomes game in week one. And I still have them as the most difficult team to score passing touchdowns again, 32% cut compared to an average team. So avoid Marietta in all formats this week. Andy Dalton is going to be the guy that gets stuck in Buffalo. um, And the wins are going to probably hurt him a little bit more than they do Josh Allen since he throws the ball pretty much exclusively for his fantasy value. Meanwhile, the Bills are a much more difficult team to face defensively than the Bengals. The Bills cut pass plays by 11%, so this could be a really tough week for Dalton and the Bengals' pass receivers. Joe Flacco, somebody you're probably not using in most of your fantasy formats anyway, but the Packers have been surprisingly good on defense, the number three DVOA pass defense so far this season. And something to interestingly note with Flacco is, over the previous three seasons in Baltimore, he had one of the bigger home and road splits in the league, 2.5 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road in that stretch. Baltimore has always had a a surprisingly strong home field advantage without some of the, you know, the more unusual features like Denver's altitude, say, to drive home field advantage. But Flacco is now in Denver with that altitude, so I think that he's going to probably continue to have pretty major home and road splits. I'm avoiding him this week on the road in Green Bay. Now with Patrick Mahomes, a couple of weeks ago, I said that he wasn't the top quarterback uh, heading into Jacksonville. He obviously had no problems handling them, but I'll say again that he is once again the most expensive quarterback option in DraftKings this week at $7,600. With 15 to 20 mile an hour sustained wins in the forecast in Kansas City and against the Ravens, I don't think he's my top quarterback this week either. I've, I've done some research splitting quarterback performances in various win conditions, and Mahomes hasn't faced really heavy wins so far in his career. Obviously, only been a starter for 14 or 15 games or whatever it is. But by and large, quarterbacks pass the ball fewer times per game for a lower completion percentage and for fewer yards per game, touchdowns per game, and fewer interceptions per game, but not enough to offset decreasing points per game. So with 0 to 5 miles per hour win, quarterbacks average 16.7 fantasy points per game. That drops to 15.9 with 6 to 11 miles per hour wins into 14.5 with 12 plus miles per hour wins. I mean, we're talking about pretty small differences here. But that's going to affect home. Mahomes if he's, if he's seeing 15 to 15, uh, 20 sustained miles an hour wind. Plus, you have the Ravens matchup. The Ravens cut passing yards per attempt by 10% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 26%. They increase passer fumbles by 85% with their pass rush. Plus, they're equipped to really run the ball and dominate time of possession. Honestly, I think this may be the most difficult matchup for Mahomes all season. And I said similar things about the, the game in, in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago, but I'm just not going to use him as my number one guy in formats like DFS where you have to spend so much to use him. Use him in your normal leagues, however. Okay, shifting gears, we have Matt Ryan. He's got another road game that's actually in a dome again. In week one, he went to Minnesota in the dome. This week in Indianapolis in the dome. But he really struggled in Minnesota in that first dome game. And the Colts have a very good pass defense as well, cutting passing touchdowns per attempt by 28% and increasing interceptions by 10%. Could be another tough day for Matt Ryan, who hasn't looked quite right so far this season in any case. And then I'll mention, too, that the one game where there might be rain this weekend is in Seattle, which is where New Orleans is headed. And if this was a Drew Brees game, I would be telling you vehemently to to avoid him. Brees has those massive home and road splits. It's a really tough spot in Seattle, especially if there's going to be rain for, for the Saints offense. 
With Teddy Bridgewater, I probably don't really need to tell you either way. You're probably not using him, but I wouldn't use him there either, even if he's not going to have the same extreme splits that Breeze does, and I don't know whether he will or he won't. It's a tough matchup. You have the potential rain, and I feel like Taysom Hill may be more of a factor for the Saints with uh, with Breeze out than he was with Breeze in, so I would not use Bridgewater in really any formats this week. With running backs, the best matchups, I have Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, James White and Sonny Michelle both. Todd Gurley, Tariq Cohen, and Dalvin Cook. With Christian McCaffrey, I'm actually assuming that Cam Newton is going to miss that game on Sunday uh, against the Cardinals, but I don't think that's going to hurt McCaffrey too much. And the fact that he receives so many, uh, uh, gets so many of his fantasy points through his receptions, that really insulates him from the home and road splits a lot of running backs see. So I think McCaffrey's going to be very safe in the top five week to week. Meanwhile, the Cardinals increased rushing plays by 21%, so that could be a big factor helping McCaffrey have another t- solid week this week in week three. Uh, with Ezekiel Elliott, he's facing the Dolphins. I already mentioned that I think Dak Prescott's going to have a great game. I also think Elliott's going to have a great game. The Dolphins increased rushing yards per attempt by 16% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 20%. So they're pretty much a good matchup for every offensive player that's facing them. Uh, for the Patriots uh, facing the Jets, um, Michelle showed against the Dolphins that he's clearly the guy for the Patriots that's going to kill the clock. He had 21 carries against the Dolphins, just as five for Burkhead and three for James White. But I'll mention that White has also historically been better at home than on the road, which is something that frequently isn't true for receiving heavy running backs. And so as such, they're playing in Foxborough this week against the Jets. I think both Michelle and White are very usable and could potentially score. For the Rams, they're up in Cleveland, and that's one of the games that I mentioned has heavy wins, like the KC game. That could be 15 to 20 sustained miles per hour. So it could be a tough day for Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. But Todd Gurley is someone I think is going to have a nice day. He might be a feature target for Goff if he's looking not to throw the ball as much down the field and is obviously a tremendous value uh, in terms of his receiving that he brings to the to the team. So I think he's going to be a borderline RB1 this week. Another receiving running back option, we have Tariq Cohen. For his career, he's averaged 4.0 catches at um, on the road and 3.8 at home. So it's the kind of split that you would expect to see from a receiving back, and he's going to be in Washington this week. Now, the Redskins have been pretty bad defensively so far this season, both against the pass and the run. Uh, They were top, let's say, bottom five in both. So I think you can probably start all of the Bears that you would normally start. David Montgomery, too, is is really dominating the backfield and touches. But Cohen could have a nice game on the road there, too. And then finally, with Dalvin Cook, I kind of mentioned a lot of this with the Kirk Cousins talk, but the Raiders do increase their run plays of their opponents by 12% a game, as well as rushing yards per attempt by 4% and rushing touchdowns per attempt by 29%. So even if Cousins may be a little bit of a risk because of the lack of passing production, Cook is going to be very safely in your top 10, is going to get a lot of work probably against the Raiders. I'm not going to really get too much into the Ravens. Um, I think that you're going to trust a lot of your pass, your, your rushing options there against the Chiefs as, as they try to, to you know control the clock and everything. But there are a lot of Ravens that could be involved in all of that rushing. So you know, you'll, you'll start Mark Ingram, but Gus Edwards... Justice Hill and Lamar, they're all probably going to run the ball a good amount, and it kind of makes it hard to rely on any of them in your shallow formats. Um, I mean, obviously you're relying on Lamar. It's just, it's a very distributed workload. So I'm not super bullish on any of their individual matchups in that game. Okay, moving down uh, to the bad running back matchups. Adrian Peterson gets the tough draw, even though at home it's against the Bears, who cut rushing plays by 14% and cut, cut rushing yards per attempt by 14% and touchdowns per attempt by 54%. That's the biggest drop in football. Peterson is one of the more touchdown-dependent running backs and doesn't really get involved in the passing game, so avoid him this week. If you're going to roll with a Redskins running back, go with Chris Thompson. 
18 targets in two weeks, very hefty total. Could be in for another season like he had in 2016 where he was a top 30 PPR running back, even though he wasn't the primary ball carrier. For the Chiefs facing the Ravens, we have Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, both nursing injuries, but potentially on track to play. Williams has a knee contusion, so a bad bruise, but not as bad as initially feared. McCoy has an ankle injury. You'll need to check before game time if these guys are playing, but even if they are, I would really prefer to avoid them if you can this week. The Ravens cut rushing plays by 13% and rushing yards per attempt by 19%. They were also the number one defense against rushing running backs coming out of the backfield as receivers in 2018. So pretty much however you slice it, very tough matchup for these guys. The Chiefs may be wanting to use them a little bit more in the win, but I think that it's just going to be too much uncertainty there to rely on these guys, except in your deeper formats. Speaking of deeper format options, Justin Jackson for the Chargers. He's facing the Texans, who cut rushing touchdowns per attempt by 30%. He's a tough play this week. Go with Austin Eckler instead, who's so much more involved in the passing game. And then Leonard Fournette of the Jaguars has those Titans coming to town. Titans defense has been very formidable so far this season, and they cut rushing touchdowns per attempt by 44%. That could be tough for Fournette, but Fournette is seeing so much work, you really can't bench him, but don't use him in DFS this week. All right, pivoting over to wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton. I mentioned that he's facing the Falcons, and they have the number nine DVOA pass defense, which is a little bit surprising to me. But I think there's a little bit of flukiness involved here, in particular in the fact that they held Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz to one passing touchdown each in the first two weeks. I mean, I'm not sure it's fair to say they even held Cousins back because the Vikings were just running the ball and just dominating that game. So that was a weird one. And then with Wentz, he obviously loses multiple receivers in the Sunday night game last week, which probably contributed to the lack of passing production for the team. So I think Hilton is going to be fine. I actually like him as as a top five wide receiver play this week. And if he doesn't do well, and if Brissett doesn't do well against the Falcons, you know, then I'll reconsider whether I think they're a tougher passing defense than I thought they were going to be. Antonio Brown and Julian Edelman, um, last week at least, they were the top two targeted Patriots receivers. I think that could probably continue with Gordon getting more deeper looks, and they'll probably score a lot of touchdowns per, per pass attempt to him, but may not get as much actual work as those other guys. And so as such, I think Antonio Brown and Julian Edelman are the best two matchup receivers for the Patriots this week. Facing those Jets that uh, increase passing yards per attempt by 16% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 35%. So pretty nice matchup for those guys as well as Tom Brady. Then with Keenan Allen, he's had a a very high 50% target share among the wide receivers and tight ends of the Chargers so far this season. Part of that is obviously not having Hunter Henry, who got hurt in week one and maybe out a while. Mike Williams has also been playing through a knee injury, which I think has contributed to his lack of targets so far this season. Meanwhile, playing the Texans, they actually increased passing yards per attempt by 7% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 20%. So Allen's going to be a really nice start. And I actually think this might be the game where Mike Williams gets a little bit more on track. He's had some highlight reel catches so far this season, but I think he's going to be up at more like eight targets a game once he gets back and healthy. Could be this week, but could be within a week or two. Pick him up in your fantasy leagues if he's still available. Now, pivoting back to the Vikings, talking about them a good amount. I think at this point, Adam Thielen is pretty safe as a wide receiver one for you, but Stephon Diggs with a little bit less target share, maybe a little bit more matchup specific. I think against the Raiders, it's a good matchup, and so I have him in my top 20 at the position this week. He is a good start for you. As for the bad wide receivers, Tyler Boyd and John Ross, the top two options for the Bengals, they have that tough matchup in Buffalo in the win this week. Um... You know, it's not just the pass rush and it's not just cornerback Tredavious White that makes the Bills such a difficult passing matchup for opposing offenses. The Bills were the number seven DVOA defense against slot receivers in 2018. 
So I think both for Boyd and for Ross, even though they're kind of playing different roles for the Bengals, pretty equally difficult matchups for the two of them. For the Titans down in the windy Jacksonville game this week, I don't think you really want to use any of their passing options, but I'll point out that Corey Davis, he probably draws Jalen Ramsey in what could be Jalen Ramsey's last game with the Jaguars if he gets his trade demands met. So I I wouldn't look for Davis to have a big week against him. Plus, he's actually been out-targeted by A.J. Brown so far this season. I definitely don't expect that to continue for the rest of the year. He's been on the field a lot more than the rookie Brown, but you're not going to want to start him, Brown, or really any of those guys this week in Jacksonville. For Emmanuel Sanders, he's had a very high 33% wide receiver tight end target share. With the small rotation of guys getting targets in, in the for the Broncos, you know you have Sanders, you have Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton getting a little bit, rookie tight end Noah Fant getting a little bit, and then the running backs. That's pretty much everybody catching passes from Joe Flacco right now, a much smaller set of guys than a lot of quarterbacks have for their teams. And so as such, I actually have Sanders up in my 12th ranked true talent ranking for wide receivers is going to be a, you know kind of a back-end wide receiver one in a lot of weeks, but he falls down to 19th this week in Green Bay. So I'll say it's a bad matchup for Sanders, but you should check and see who you're choosing to bench him against because at 19th, I have Sanders probably higher even in a bad matchup than you might have him just in your consideration in your mind. So he might actually be a startable option for you despite a tough matchup. And then with Tyrell Williams, I was very bullish on him last week. But noticed he was out-targeted by rookie slot receiver Hunter Renfro for the Raiders. And so the Raiders may be kind of working Renfro into the mix and may not rely exclusively on Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller the way it looked like they might do in week one. That still leaves Tyrell Williams as a true talent number 17 wide receiver for me. So solidly a wide receiver too. But he falls back to 22nd this week for me facing those Vikings in Minnesota. And then let's close those things up with uh, the tight end discussion. Eric Ebron has the best weekly matchup facing Atlanta at home, but he's still just my number 13 tight end for the week. He's splitting time with Jack Doyle, so don't be fooled by the the receiving touchdown Ebron had last week. He'll still catch some touchdowns, but he's not going to threaten double digits the way he had last year. I just don't think he's going to be a tight end one for you this year. In contrast, Zach Ertz could have just a massive week. I mentioned the the Philadelphia Eagles receivers being hurt. Deshaun Jackson is definitely going to miss this week. Not totally sure about Alshon Jeffrey and Dallas Goddard, but Ertz is probably going to get more targets in any case, and he was already a clear top three option to begin with. Facing a Lions team that was number 26 in DVOA against tight ends last year, number 31 DVOA defense against slot receivers, yeah, I'll, I'll take Ertz this week. Meanwhile, you've got George Kittle, another top three option at the position, faces the Steelers, who were the second worst DVOA defense against tight ends. They have very nice matchups this week, so feel free to spend heavily on them in DFS. And if you want more of a cheaper option, Kyle Rudolph faces the Raiders, who were the worst DVOA defense against tight ends last year. You know, Travis Kelsey, I would say, has a relatively difficult matchup for a tight end facing the Ravens at home, but I think the win might actually help him. I think Mahomes might be more willing to check down to Kelsey than try to stretch the ball down the field. So I'd probably rather start Kelsey um, than maybe take a, a flyer on, you know, Nicole Hardman or, or even Demarcus Robinson, despite their big games the week before. And the Ravens have a relative weakness, ranking number 22 in DVOA against tight ends last year, which is kind of the only hole in their defense. So Kelsey, he's only my second tight end this week. He's normally my top guy, but I I wouldn't be too scared of him. In DFS, I'd probably go with uh, Ertz instead. But yeah, Kelsey should be fine. I'm not sure Delaney Walker or Tyler Eifert will have good weeks, though. Walker faces the Jaguars that were number 13 in DVOA defense against tight ends last year, number five against slot receivers. Pretty tough matchup for him, getting a healthy target share, but I just want to avoid all the Titans in in Jacksonville this week. 
And then Tyler Eifert, he's, he's looking healthy, kind of getting back involved, five targets both the first two weeks. But he draws the Bills, the number two DVA defense against tight ends from last year. And so I don't have either Walker or Tyler Eifert in my top 15 position this week. Okay, that's going to do it for all my weekly matchup talks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. We are available on both iTunes and Google Podcasts at this point, so please subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already. And otherwise, enjoy your week three, and I'll talk to you next week. That's right.